Welcome to Make It Count, Living a Legacy Life, where we invest in what matters, God and people. I'm Sue Donaldson, speaker, author, and creator of WelcomeHeart.com, where you can learn to know and show the heart of God. And that's what counts. Thank you for joining me. Hello, I'm so happy today to introduce you to my dear friend, Kathy Bick from runlikeagirl.org. And yes. she is uh, a life coach. And I met her through my friend, Liz Haney, who said, you might like Kathy Vick. And I love <laughs> Kathy Vick. And uh, I called her right away because, you know, the first 30 minutes is free or whatever. But I think it's because the coaches need to find out if you are right for them, not just are they right for you. And right away, we knew we liked each other. And yes. I, did, I asked her, uh, what's the difference between a coach uh, and a couch, no, the difference between a coach, <laughs> a coach and a therapist. Yeah. And do you remember what you said? Because if you oh, don't. Oh, yeah. Well, we're, you, trained, we're trained to say it a certain way. But what I say is when you if, you, if you're in pain, you need a therapist. If you're looking to go forward in your life and you're looking for something new, then you need a, a, a life coach. Oh, that's, yeah, that's what I heard you say. And of course, I, I, uh, I leave people in pain at times, but I didn't at the time need a therapist. Uh, but I really, uh, Kathy was the first one to tell me that I was a woman who liked to make connections because of the pandemic of loneliness in the world. And I didn't know that that was my uh, impetus behind my, my love of hospitality. But you figured it out for me, Kathy. Yeah, well, it was pretty clear. Oh. <laughs> well, to you, maybe. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about your family and your work. Well, my work right now includes, um, uh, I'm now coaching for nonprofits as well as coaching mm. um, with women for, for personal coaching as well as grief coaching. Oh. Um, and my family, I'm married to, uh, now for 23 years to Patrick Vick, who is the love of my life. And um, I have two golden retrievers, Maggie and April, who are both service dogs. One is being taken out of service and the other one is being trained for Pat because Pat does have a balance issue. So he uses a service dog for his balance. Um, I have two children, um, Andrea, who now lives in Philadelphia and works in project management. And Patrick, who lives in Kentucky, and has, I have a grandson named Logan, who Aww. is also in Kentucky. So, and I've got a lot of family here in California, my sister and my parents, and who are still living. I'm very fortunate. Hmm. In their late 80s, they're still hopping around and making life interesting. So, wonderful. That's, the, that's it in a nutshell. Tell me, before I forget, because sometimes I forget uh, when I interview business women, what is the way that people can get a hold of you? Well, I get a lot, I get a, a lot of people coming to me through my book, Run Like a Girl, but also for, from referrals, but also on my website, runlikeagirl.org or my Facebook page, um, or they can just call me. And my phone number is on the, on the uh, website, so they can call me and set up a time to talk. I'd love to hear Wonderful. what you're thinking. Wonderful. Okay. Uh, well, you know that the podcast is on living a legacy, which I like to say that we're all living one, whether or not we're paying any attention yes. to, to what kind of legacy I'm actually leaving this very day. Uh, and I think that makes our life count when we think in terms of legacy. So what legacy do you want to pass down or are you in the process of passing down to those who even know you slightly over the phone or those who know you well? 
Well, right now the legacy I'm working on is very different than the one I started with. Um, I am working on the legacy of resiliency, which is the gift that you receive through suffering. And uh, I explain I, that. Explain uh, that. A little yes, bit. yes. I think one of the upsides of suffering is this: if you can lean into suffering and understand that it is part of our spiritual journey that Jesus invites us into to mm. be a part of His suffering then we understand that there's something that happens to us through that suffering. And part of it is we become more resilient. If we look at the track record or sometimes in coaching, we call it your life map of all the hard, difficult things we've been through. We realize that every time we go through those things, we gain more confidence, hmm. more faith, more hope than we can get through the next thing. And so that's what I think of in terms of resilience. And so that's really the, the legacy I'm working on right now is understanding, trying to understand that. <laughs> Could I ask before we talk about why you've had to go into this new avenue of life, talking about a journey, don't you, you know that not everybody responds to suffering in those positive ways. Oh. And my, I would, my girlfriend says you either become bitter or better. Obviously you're becoming better. Yeah. Yeah. So how, how do you help people who are so tunneled into their suffering that they really can't stand hearing about resiliency? I think the thing I would say is you can either, you have a choice every day, every 24 hours, you have a choice. You can either suffer or you can ask God, what is the lesson in the suffering? What is it that you're trying to show me in my life? What is it that you want me to come alongside you with because we know that one of the aspects about God that I personally love is that he intercepts everything that the enemy sends our way. Wow. That's wonderful. And, and he uses them in our lives. So we have a choice whether we just want to suffer or we want to get the lesson the spiritual journey provides. So that's, that is, and I think that one of the ways that I have learned that is really by walking alongside of some of my friends who have lost their husbands mm. and just the spiritual, I never had thought about grief as being a spiritual journey that everyone in life goes through mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and everyone gets something different from it. Well, you know, C.S. Lewis says something about the cost of love is loss. That's right. And of course, he wrote a book on it. And I think you should write a book on what you're just saying. I think it's so <laughs> profound. It's so profoundly true. It's things that I've sensed, but have not put into words. So thank you for doing that for us. These today. are the, the things if, if, if you're going, if you're suffering, and I think everyone now listening is probably doing a fair amount of suffering through this pandemic. Right. And so it's a good time to ask that question um, and a good time to listen to what God has to say to you about it. How are you currently doing this as far as leaving a legacy of resilience? Well, I've had the opportunity to be my husband's caregiver for the last five years. Um, my husband uh, was a firefighter. He did a lot of things in his life to help other people. But in this particular point in his life, he has really uh, developed several chronic illnesses, um, a sort of an autoimmune response in his body. And it's put me in the position of taking care of somebody that's sometimes cranky and not in, in a good frame of mind and, mm -hmm. and driving them to appointments and doing things and not necessarily always feeling appreciated. Yeah. And I know there's some people out there that know what I'm talking about. Because right. when I talk about this at, 
at uh, the Bible study that I facilitate, most of the women understand um, what that's like to be in that situation. Mm-hmm. And so I began to really, I, you know, at the beginning of this, I really resisted the journey mm-hmm. and really didn't want um, it in my life. I wanted my old life back. Of course. <laughs> but I began to realize that was fruitless. Mm-hmm. And all it did was make me feel <clears throat> more frustrated and more frustrated. Mm-hmm. So I began to pray differently. And the what, prayer what goes would, something like this. Go ahead. I would pray, God, today you have a plan for me. Let me lean into it. What is it? How do I come alongside of you? What is it that you want to do with this day? And I let each day unfold instead of expecting, waking up with all these expectations of what would happen in the day. I consulted him first and I let him just roll out the day as he saw fit. And I tried to be, uh, uh, come alongside of him. You know, if he said, just be of service, I was in that frame of mind. I would just Mm. serve, you know, just wash that next set of dishes. Just make that next meal. Right. Do the next thing. Yeah. Um, Tell me, was there a turning point that you recall when you started praying that prayer? Yes. I think it's been about, honestly, it, it's been about two years ago. Mm. So for three years, I really suffered expecting because with somebody with chronic, you're always expecting that they're going to get better, that you're going to get your life back. And then friends, you know, would ask, how's Pat doing? How's Pat doing? Well, that's a hard question to answer because on one level, Pat may be doing better. On another level, he may really be struggling with something. And I think after a while, people kind of gave up (laughs) praying for Pat, not necessarily um, our chapel people, but some people, I think just, it made them weary. So, you know, that, that's part of it. Um, but two years into this, I realized this wasn't working. Um, and I was very unhappy and this has been very hard on our marriage as I know it is for a lot of people. And I just said, I've got to change my mindset. And I decided that what I would do is I would just turn it around and see it as a service to Jesus. Hmm. Instead of thinking in terms of whether I was going to, whether Pat would see it as something uh, wonderful and appreciate me because when somebody's in that much pain, they just, they, they often aren't in the place where they can do that. Um, and so I just began to see it as a service to Jesus. Hmm. And that changed everything for me. Hmm. Hmm. Um. My next question is, what changes did you have to make? It sounds like you made a change in a mindset to, yeah, for your own sake. I mean, it's almost self-serving. Yeah. I like to call it self-serving sanctification. It really helps us when we're like Jesus because it helps us feel less unhappy. Just like what you just said. It's so practical what you just said. Yeah. I mean, I was so miserable and now I just, you know, things that used to really bug me flow off my shoulders because they don't really matter. That's right. You know, I'm very clear on who I am here to serve and what I am to be doing every day. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things is I really let go of the idea of wanting my old life back because everything I know about God is that he's always about doing something new. 
Oh, and what, he, what he has for me next may be incredibly wonderful, better than any old life that I could have gotten back. And so instead of seeing the possibilities of <clears throat> this new one, I was hanging on to the old one. Mm -hmm. And so I, I really began to focus on that. And I, I stopped resisting wow. the suffering. Hmm. You know, I stopped resisting it. It's, I'm going to have good days. Um, I'm going to have not so good days. And I'm going to have horrible days. Mm -hmm. um, that's just part of the journey. And what have I, you learned more about God through this suffering? That God is who he says he is. Meaning? That he will not abandon you. Hmm. That he will always be there to encourage you. Mm -hmm. And you can hear it in my voice because yes. I really know it's true. Mm -hmm. um, bless you. It makes me cry too. <laughs> what I love what you just said is that God is always in the process of doing something new. And when I'm complaining about what's happening in my life, he's like, uh, if you would just turn the corner, Sue, you would see yeah. what I really have for you. And I go, no, that's right. Like a ba baby holding on to yeah. my toy. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. And I think uh, part of it has been trying new things. You know, um, I never saw myself as a Bible study leader. I just want to confess that right now. I, <laughs> I worked in an all women's organization early in my career. And um, um, I, I said to myself, I don't want to go to any more women's meetings, any more women's Bible studies. I don't want any part of that. And um, a friend of mine who her and her husband started a chapel here in, uh, uh, Southern California for all our, our us RVers. So we have about 125 mm -hmm. RVers that get together on Sunday and meet. Um, she also had a woman's Bible study and she invited me to it. It took her a couple of times to get me there. And <laughs> I started going and I, it was such a wonderful experience. And so for about four years, I went to her Bible study. And then two years ago, she um, passed away suddenly oh. and um, she had to, uh, you know, I didn't realize it at the time, been mentoring me to take over her mm. Bible study. She had started having me lead it um, when she wasn't feeling well, because she was going through a lot of health issues. Well, when she passed away, it's pretty much, it was pretty much a done deal that that Bible study was going to go on and that I was going to have to try to lead it. And mm -hmm. I said to my husband, Pat, I said, I'm going to give it my best shot. I'm going to ask God to help me find my groove in it <laughs> because it's not something I ever saw myself doing. Mm -hmm. And he did, he did. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely love it. And I love my ladies and it continues to grow. There's almost, I was counting up all that. I was sending out something to them last night. There's like 38 women in this group. Wow. I mean, and I'm out here in nowhere, Awanga, California. And I, I just, I just thank God for it because mm. he's really knit us together in a real sisterhood. Mm. And the majority of them are older than me, mm -hmm. um, with a whole lot of wisdom. And I always learn from them. So trying something new, being willing to try something new is really important. And then I, I always say this, and I know you know this about me, keeping your sense of humor about life. Yep. So key. Mm -hmm. And my goldens help me with that because they're silly and goofy and clown like, and they make me laugh every day. My mother always had a lot of younger friends and it, 
she said it's because she was herself. <laughs> and they found her so hilarious, which she, you know, I found her annoying at times because she was my mother, but right. <laughs> um, I, now it's, it's coming back to bite me since I have three daughters. But uh, <laughs> Kathy, you have been profoundly helpful to me as well as I know to my listeners today. And I really praise the Lord for you in my life and that we're continuing to be friends. Let's catch up. Oh, I do too, often. Sue. Yeah. I get such a big, I, I, it makes me happy every time I see you on Facebook. <laughs> you do, doing what you're doing. The ministry you have to women is just amazing. I tell everybody about you. Oh, <laughs> So sweet. Well, the other day I tried Facebook Live and I got the ceiling in and the backyard long before my face showed up. But I didn't take it down because people started commenting. But I thought, oh, I'm showing my age here. <laughs> <laughs> well, wonderful. And uh, is there any? I think you've shared a lot of wisdom. But is there any last minute thing that you'd like to share on uh, with my audience for making our lives count beyond ourselves? Yeah, I think understand that there are people around you watching mm -hmm. how you do life. Mm -hmm. And that's really important because we have, a lot of us have daughters and sons. We have friends, we have sisters that are watching us and they may go through hard things too. Yeah. And if they see you go through it and gain resiliency, then they know they can too. That's right. And, and I, I think that's the greatest lesson of all is that we're here to inspire each other. Mm-hmm. So, so true. We're here to, I could just put a quote on everything you yeah. said. Well, um, I also wanted to read um, a scripture before I get off here. That one that I, I read a lot. Blessed is the one who perseveres. This is James 1, 12. Mm -hmm. Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. Mm. Well, I hope he, we all get you. the of life. Yes. <laughs> I get one about it once a week, but uh, I think you're more like six out of seven. <laughs> thank you so much, Kathy. And I look oh, forward to you, broadcasting this in a few months. And um, maybe the pandemic shelter will be over by then, but maybe, maybe not. And you're going to be way ahead. <laughs> all right. Love you lots. Thanks, Love you too. Okay. Bye-bye. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.